Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, almost warp online at sunburymotors.com. You want great new inventory? They have it. Ford, they have Lincoln, they have Kia, they have Hyundai. Maybe the budget says pre-owned inventory. Well, the Sunbury Motors guarantee makes the buying experience even better. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Still waiting on that. Well, it's... Let me guess, Kyle. The suit probably was in charge of that. Yes. You may never get it. All right. With that. Well, we we actually might have it. We might have it right now. Right now. Wow. This would be really great. It's also the fastest he's ever worked. Smith hits a drive to left field. Way back and gone. A two-run home run, Will Smith. And the Dodgers take the lead 2-1. to one. Tim Neverett with the call on the Dodgers network. And uh, Will Smith with the home run last night. Well executed by Kyle Smith. Am I supposed to give the suit credit here or? I probably would. I mean, he did that pretty quickly. I called him during that commercial break, and as soon as I said it, we were waiting, he came in, so he'd be nice. All right. Terrific job. Okay, let's uh, get to uh, Neil Kulong now and uh, talk about the Steelers. Neil, my friend, welcome back. It's always great to have you with us. As always, it's good to be here. personnel that is what keeps defenses guessing not trickeration not you know flea flickers or anything like that it's running the same thing and doing something different with it every time and that that's the kind of confusion that you can create in, in football uh naturally you can't run a flea flicker twice in the nfl you just you can't nobody's <laughs> yeah. gonna fall for that no. you can run the same look seven different times and put different little variations in it and go to different guys each time harris has to be able to sell a play fake. He has to be able to block, like you mentioned. Otherwise, you know why he's on the field, and you don't care. Um, it, you, you have to be able to hand off, obviously, and you have to be able to, to run some misdirection. If you can do all of those things out of the same basic personnel in the same look, you have seven plays from one look that you can practice very simply and make it really difficult for your team, your, your opponent, to prepare for what you're going to do next. That's what Harris brings to the table. And you're exactly, you hit the nail on the head earlier. I, I, if he can't block, he can't do any of that. He That's can't right. carry out a play-action fake for a deeper pass if he can't pick up the guy on the edge. He can't run the ball uh, in, in 
he's not going to be able to run against a defensive front that isn't sure yet if he has the ball or not if he can't block because he wouldn't be running a play-action fake if he couldn't block. So they know he's getting the ball. That's an easy read for them to figure out. He has to be balanced. In today's game, it's not about whether the running back is carrying the ball or catching the ball or whatever. Right. He has to be able to sell a defense that he can do any one of these things right. on all three downs if right. he's going to be effective. And I think that's yeah. exactly why they drafted Harris. I think he is able to do that. And that's the, the when people hear balance in football, balance is not, even though it can be, but balance is not, I ran for 200, I passed for 200. Balance is not, I call 27 running plays and I call 27 pass plays. Balance is that you do each well enough that the threat is there on every down you could do one or the other. That's balance. Now you've got the defense, as you said, guessing. Uh, Which now brings us to Juju Smith-Schuster. You make a lot of money in the NFL catching passes. You actually make more money in the NFL by catching passes outside as opposed to being the slot receiver. For some odd reason, Juju, who didn't really find a lot of takers out there, now wants to play outside. Did I put two and two together well enough? I, I think you did. It just I, the how we got to the construction of that two and two. I think is what the, the question is. It seems odd that Juju theoretically didn't bring any of this up when he was a free agent um, I, I would have exactly. thought that would have been what he would primarily be looking at when a team talked to him so it makes you wonder did other teams talk to him about playing outside or was Pittsburgh his best opportunity to play outside yes. and that's why he signed back here he says he wants the quarterback which doesn't make any sense because there's one more year of the quarterback I'm not sure why that would have mattered if he had the ability to sign a long term deal um, it, it probably wasn't going to happen that way in Pittsburgh. He could have gone somewhere else. It, to me, it all kind of screams, we're not going to pay you outside receiver money. We're, we're going to pay you slot money because we want you to come in and play inside, or at the very least, you're going to run inside routes. You're going to be kind of the, the uh, 80s West Coast offense version of uh, a possession receiver, which is not the one that gets paid a lot of money. I don't necessarily think that Juju can't do that. But you and I talked about this. I remember it. After Juju got drafted, I said this is the role he's going to end up playing. He's going to be an inside guy. He's a big body. He's got good hands. And he's good after the catch. You know, he's not a a 16-yard-a-catch guy. You know, he's not James Washington. I think he's more talented than James Washington. But Washington's role is on the outside. Juju is not. He's not that kind of athlete. Um, He can be very effective. He can be very valuable. His numbers last year are, are not great. Um, there were a lot of lot of bad things for the Steelers' offense last season. He can open up more. He can do more. But um, he's not going to be a, a split end. He really is a more dynamic inside route runner. Um, tough catches, combat catches, as Mike Tomlin would say. Uh, yards after the catch inside. That that's that's sort of who he is. That's what he's rounding into um, as, as a more experienced player. He's not going to like that. He's not going to agree with me, and, and, and that's fine. But Clearly, the market is showing that that's sort of uh, the, the direction that his career is headed in. Um, I, I don't see, I, you know, you have to look at it like this too. The, the Steelers, above any other team in the NFL, have probably given its fans over the last ten years 
plenty of, of examples of their versatility among their receivers. Yes. Those guys don't play one spot. That's right. Okay? We saw Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant could not have been built more as a split end than, than any other player. No probably since, since Plexico Burris on the Steelers. Yeah. No receiver has been more of an outside guy than Martavis Bryant. Right. He played inside. They're going to move guys around. It, it depends on uh, who they're going against, what their personnel is. And the value of that is in simply being versatile, um, being balanced. You're, you're able to do a lot of different things with a lot of different looks. All of them learn to play inside and out. Juju's one of them. James Washington has played inside and out. We've seen Deontay Johnson play inside and out. Antonio Brown played inside and out. It, it's not as if yep. they all just be locked into one place all the time. And in Juju's case, I think the number was like 80% last year in the slot. Okay, that that might be a little bit higher than what he would want. It's not going to be all that much different from that, and that's not a bad thing either. He, he can make plays on the outside uh, just as well as he can make them on the inside. He's just more fit within this offense as an inside guy. He's not going to be uh, you know, planted on the line outside every single snap, and I, I'm sure that he knows that. Um, they give him a few looks outside. I think it'll all blow over. But if not, well, he needs to step up and make some plays then. Major League Baseball has talked about the 85% threshold uh, on vaccination. The NFL has informally done a lot of talking about 85% vaccination. Sam Darnold told reporters last week he's not vaccinated. DJ Reed said he's still 50-50 on it. Multiple Bills players uh, were not enamored with the questions after Sean McDermott brought it up. And Montez Sweat said he wasn't a fan of the team bringing in a public health expert to answer vaccination questions on a video conference. So where are the Steelers? On, I mean, I know you're not supposed to release this publicly. Any rumblings on where the Steelers are on this? Because if you go to camp with 90, you'd have to have 77 of the 90 vaccinated. Yeah, it, it really, I, I hadn't done the math, but I was thinking that in my head. I wonder what that number is. And Seventy-seven. See, that's why. That's why I'm there. here. I'm, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Quick math skills. It's good. It's a good talent to have. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think the Steelers are going to be any different than most other teams will. I think there, there's a certain average. You're going to have people that they, they have a right to question it. They have a right to, to wonder. Um, what exactly this is, and in Montez Sweat's situation, I thought it was funny. He wanted to he wanted to hear from an expert, even though there was an expert that was coming in. And that, yes. that's what set him off in the first place. Right. Um, so you want to hear your expert? All right. Okay. That that's how it works nowadays. Um, bottom line is this is just it, it's simply going to be an issue where they're going to tell you if you don't want to do this, you're not going to play, and they're not going to pay you. So they're going to do it. Um, I think some. Uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo kind of seemed to be on the fence about it as well, the same way that Darnold was. Yeah, I think there's going to be some hemming and hawing, but in the end, what the NFL really wants is for the guys to get vaccinated and to move on with this so they can put people in the stands. Um, for the media, uh, I, I can tell you this directly. It would be nice if, if we were allowed access to the locker rooms again. Um, I don't know if that's a part of this or not, if they're going to continue to not allow that, but you hope – we are able to tell the story of what's going on inside with a, with a lot more clarity than what we currently have. So it, there there are a lot of issues that come into this. And while I, I you know for for my part my useless two cents here, uh, people have a right to be heard. They have a right to their opinion. Right. If, if we're asking them questions, um, for for them to answer it honestly, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's not always the most popular answer, but if if that's the case, 
here's you know here's your your platform you can speak on this but when the rubber meets the road if if you're really willing to die on this hill they're they're going to make you do it you know you're you're going to yeah. sit they're they're not going to let you uh, come in it, at, to a certain point they're not going to let you come in not vaccinated i think um the, the 77 out of 90 you're replacing a lot of the guys anyway, whether they're vaccinated right, that's or not. True. You know that's going to fluctuate. Yes, uh, that really kind of seems like more of that number, and there's sort of a weed out process that comes with this. And you, you, it, it's like most things that are associated with this, it really kind of seems like an arbitrary number. Yeah, I'm not sure how or where they came up with it, but it does seem like <laughs> it's enough to say this is a super majority of our people. Yeah. Um, we're going to work on the rest, but for now we can open up and we'll, we'll get the other ones. It's not meant to be, if the locker room is 50, 50, then you've got a problem. You know, they, right. I, I think that's kind of the line that they're trying to draw. Um, I, I could not tell you specifically uh, how many of the Steelers have it, but I know right. that um, they've been outspoken as far as not going to camp unless it was, you know, safe and secure and they had great attendance at camp. So uh, yeah. my guess would be by training camp, this is something that's going to get resolved uh, probably around the league as well. Yeah, and they go to camp earlier than everybody else too. They they start July twentieth, I think. Uh, as always, my friend, a great pleasure. Thanks so much. Great conversation as always. Definitely. Thanks for having me, guys. Neil, Neil Kulong, back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio ten seventy serving the center region. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kiewitz 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070, WKOK. your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory, wide selection, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us. On this Tuesday edition, Kyle Smith running the show today. Uh, Matt's back tomorrow. And... uh, Love to hear from you at 800-795-9565. Love to hear from you. All right. Um, we talked a little bit about baseball. We talked a little bit about name, image, and likeness. I think it was at the beginning we talked a little bit about that. And we talked um, a little bit about the playoff. Uh, you know, so the next week will be a big week in college sports. Big week. 
and the um, and with it being a big week, I mean that that's next week's the week that actually name, image, and likeness gets discussed. Um, next week is the week where maybe the next step in the college football playoff takes place. Right, that's next. You know, it's anyway, it's a step. There's going to be a process to that. I mean, there won't be anything final on the on the college football playoff till later. But the next step could be next week. Name, image, and likeness. Last week, Mark Emmert went before the Senate, Senate subcommittee, and Senator Marsha Blackburn out of Tennessee raked him over the coals on it. I mean, raked him. But good raked him. Uh, Basically saying that all you guys do is react. You don't take any leadership. They're expecting... The Senate, they're expecting the Congress to bail out the NCAA. And you keep hearing that the NCAA is concerned about antitrust violations. Okay? Well, all I know is they're in court for everything else. What's the difference? And I think that's... That's going to be, you know, obviously one of the elements moving forward. They've had all this time to do it. They haven't done it. And you have in 15 days six states that are going to be having their laws put in place. Now, not all the laws are the same in each six, each of the six states. What you've now had in the past year, the last 13, 14 months, Legislation that was put out there and put forward, all right, put out there, put forward, where the NCAA can look at it and say, okay, you know what, this element of the Florida law looks pretty good. I like this element in the Georgia law. Tennessee, this part, this part needs to be tweaked. That part doesn't make sense. Where they've had a chance to look at these six laws, to see what they like, what they don't like, what idea may have been put in there they hadn't thought of, also an idea that maybe they thought of that wasn't put in there. And they just feel like they're sitting there. And... Our number is 800... 800- Seven nine five nine five six five. I know somebody's trying to call in, but I'll uh, we'll try and get the everybody as quickly as possible here when they do call in. Um, but yeah, uh, that's where they're sitting, and, and of course, Emmert last week is talking about preserving the amateur model. That's fine, but. You can't, what they're looking at, what Congress was looking at him and saying is, come on, you've had this, come up with something. You can't expect us to bail you out. Obviously, each law, now there's six of them, the seventh one will be in Arkansas by the end of the year. Um, The... um, 
Each law is different. So, obviously, you'd like in the end to have something unified. And college sports has tried very hard to, to, you know, and not only successful, but has tried very hard over the years to keep the playing field level. You used to be able to have 140, 150 scholarships on the team. My goodness, Bud Wilkinson, and this is not a joke, would have a seventh team. The So now they went to 95 scholarships, and then they rolled everything back 10%, so the 85 scholarships. That's why if you're ever wondering, wrestling fans, why it's 9.9, it makes no sense. When they rolled all the scholarships back 10%, wrestling went from 11 to 9.9, 11, 10%, 1.1, 9.9. They did the same thing in football. They rolled that back from 95 to 85. Again, to, quote, level the playing field. And... When they do this, to quote, level the playing field, this law, okay, in 15 days, the playing field will not be level. If you go to Alabama, Troy, Auburn, UAB, Florida State, Florida, Miami of Florida, UCF, South Florida, Florida International, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern. If you go to Tennessee, Memphis, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Southern Mississippi, Jackson State, New Mexico, New Mexico State, guess what? You're playing by a different set of financial rules than the other 44 states. All right, so who do we have? Let's go to it. Who do we have? Welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Hello. There we go. How are you today? Great to have you with us. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hey, I'd just like to reiterate what you said about the Lineman softball team. Uh, sure. They've come out of nowhere. They have a, a terrific pitcher. Her name is Kaya Motter. Uh, <clears throat> she has 304 strikeouts this year and 116 innings pitched. That's pretty darn that's good. Funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's 80, 87% strikeout rate. I don't know if I've ever heard anything that high. So, see, they come out of nowhere. They're kind of a – we're a real small school. I'm out we're out here in the southern part of Northumberland County. So, anybody out there listening wants to see a really terrific pitcher on Thursday, they should come to the – the stadium at Penn State because she is she is for real. Well, what's interesting about this is that when you get to this stage, nobody knows anybody. That's true. Ligonier, Ligonier Valley doesn't know Lime Mountain. Lime Mountain, Mountain doesn't know Ligonier Valley. At this point, it's a mystery on both sides, and whoever has the better day is going to win, and obviously we're going to be rooting for the team that's from our area. Yeah, she's a terrific kid, too. So I just right. wanted to put that out there. And you said earlier you're only living three miles from the stadium. If you got a couple minutes at 11 o'clock on a Thursday, you might want to go see her. She's really terrific. Well, I think I'll, I'll make my way over. That'd be, that'd be great. 
Well, it'd be a lot of fun for me to watch. All right, Steve. Take care. Thanks so much. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. No, you're welcome. Bye. Yeah, it's 11 o'clock on Thursday, so, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing that, as a matter of fact. And hopefully, um, you know, it's, it, again, the mystery once you get to this level, whether it's at Medley Field, LeBron Park for baseball, or it's at Beard Field for softball, maybe along the way in an AAU or a travel team setting, you've seen some somebody else. But let's face it, for the most part, everybody's facing each other for the first time. Uh, so, it's uh, it's part of the, the part that's really cool about this. Really cool. <laughs> and That'll be 11 o'clock, and they're going to leave at 7 o'clock on Thursday morning, and they would like a send-off from Lime Mountain. So I thought we'd at least pass that along to you, and I'm glad he called. That was a great call. Appreciate that very much. Appreciate that very much. All right. So we've got name, image, and likeness. That's on the table. There's going to be an inequity in college sports on July 1st unless something is done. The The problem I have with the NCAA is that they've had all this time. I mean, they make, they make everything sound like, well, you know, we didn't have a lot of time to do this. California did this law two years ago. Two years ago. California law does not go into effect until January 1st, 2023. But since California passed their law, then Florida, boom, right away, and they're the ones that put the January first, the July first marker on the table. When they did that, that changed the ball game. But you just can't sit back and and they said they were going to have something in October. Then they started talking about this antitrust deal. Just stop it. The NCAA is in court left and right. When you're on retainer with the NCAA as a legal firm, you're overworked. You're getting a lot of money, but you're overworked. Because they're constantly, it seems like, in court or in some sort of legal trouble somewhere. My goodness. So, you know, there's Sometimes you just got to look at somebody and say, look, just do it. Get it out there. And for some reason, they haven't. And... They're constantly, constantly either kicking the can down the road or they're forming some committee on something. Stop it. Stop forming some committee on something. Because at some point, you're going to committee yourself out and not have any resolution. At some point, the committees have to produce something. Say, here it is. This is what we want to do, and why, and why, and that's what they need to to work with and go with. You got a lot of people waiting to see what they're going to do, and now they've they've pushed it to the absolute last second, and by pushing it to the last second. 
they're scrambling, and they're hoping Congress bails them out. And that's why Senator Blackburn went after Emmert last week. And, of course, he had no answer. I mean, for goodness sakes. He had no answer. I know you're shocked by the fact that he didn't have any answers. Shocking. All right. We will take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Wrap it up here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. All right, uh, the uh, new roster is out for Penn State football, which, of course, includes the, the heights, the weights, and everything like that. So let's give you a couple here in terms of changes. Keaton Ellis is up four pounds to 192. Johnny Dixon down four to 188. Jahan Dotson's up two to 184. Cam Sullivan Brown is up five to 195. Marquise Wilson, I saw Marquise on Thursday last week, up 11 to 182. Brandon Smith down one to 239. Body fat's probably about 1.4%. Uh, Keandre Lambert Smith is down five to one eighty one. Sean Clifford's up six to two twenty. Uh, Arnold Abicati's up nine at two fifty three at defensive end. Adisa Isaac's up four to two forty eight. Noah Kane's up nine to two thirty seven. My guess is that will drop in the summer. Uh, Kevon Lee's down eighteen to two twenty. When I saw Kevon in the spring, you could tell he was sleek. You could see it. I remember saying to somebody, he said, that guy is not 238. They said, no, no, he's been he's, he's dropped dropped weight. Down 18 to 220. Daquan Hardy, 182 up 9. Devin Ford's down 5 to 200. Jesse Lucetta's down 4 to 251. Uh, Keem Beeman's up 4 to 273. Fred Hanser's up 4 to 312. Rasheed Walker is up 8 to 320. Let's see. Anthony Wiggins down six to three nineteen. Landon Tengwall is up to three twenty one, so he's up four. Juice Scruggs is up thirteen to three hundred fifteen pounds. Bryce Hefner is a three oh two up six, very versatile player. Celine Wormley is up nine to three oh one. Caden Wallace up five to three eighteen. Uh the tight end group. Uh let's see. Among the tight ends. Let's see, Theo Johnson 
is where's Theo here? Theo's up uh, down three pounds to two fifty. Brenton Strange up ten to two fifty six. Uh, and PJ Mustafer down three to three twenty three. Because I Izzard's up four to two ninety four. Uh, Eric Wilson's going to come in. They transfer from Harvard at 320. Saki Wheatley, the corner's coming in at 190. Harrison Walls at 187. Jalen Reed at 213. And Jamari Button, linebacker, comes in at 223. So those are some of the weights as they begin the this next stage in working out and getting ready. It's a critical stage for them in getting ready for the season, a stage they didn't have a year ago. Didn't have this stage a year ago. And you had guys pushing cars and flipping tires and putting sand in backpacks and things like that. And the weights were all off last year. All off. It was it was really uh to me that was such an indicator of where everything happened and being how quote, out of whack everything happened to be, was when you start looking at the weights of guys like, wow, he is way down. I mean, in fact, most of the guys that were weight-wise were actually down last year. Now, once they got back, they started putting it back on to get them back to the spot they needed to play. But you know, sometimes doing that takes a little bit of a toll. So those are some of the weights. Thought we'd pass it along to you, give you some interesting ones along the way. As to you know, you know, some of them are maybe like a pound or two. Like I was, you know, Jaquan Brisker's a pound or two from where he was during the spring. I didn't think that was really worth mentioning uh, along the way. Um, but yeah, so all right, more coming up tomorrow. Mentioned next week is a big week because next week is going to be the week where more talk will happen from the working committee on the college football playoff, see if they advance the ball down the field a little bit more, and next week we may hear something about name, image, and likeness. But again, it looks like, that, at least from Mark Emmert's point of view, that they are doing whatever they can to have Congress solve their problem instead of them solving it themselves. It's just that's just not the way things work. In the end, Congress will probably do something, but you can't wait for them. You can't wait. All right. U.S. Open Golf Championship, by the way, is this week at Torrey Pines. Last time it was there, Tiger Woods was unbelievable winning in a playoff over uh, Rocco Mediate. John Rahm, they did ask him today at his press conference about what happened at the memorial and about testing positive, and his reaction was, I should have taken the vaccine sooner. A very mature answer on his part. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on, on News Radio 1070 WKOK.